Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, and I am really excited to introduce my final guest for season four. Takia Ross is the owner of Accessmatize, and she comes on the show to talk about being a businesswoman who just so happens to be in the beauty industry. As a savvy businesswoman full of energy, Takia brings fun and knowledge into her interview as we learn about the different arms of her business. She also begins to share a bit more about her pitch competition experience and her book, So You Want to Pitch. Let's listen in. You are not going to want to miss a single episode of this interview series. I had trouble editing it down. I have to be honest. You're going to love it. Yes. My final guest for season four. I am so excited. Takia Ross is here with me today, guys. And Takia is a professional makeup artist and owner of Accessimatized, home of Pretty Mobile Baltimore, the DMV's first mobile makeup studio. Having had her artistry featured in over 50 publications and seen on NBC and BET, Takia is most proud of her commitment to women in business, which landed her in Forbes. Having won over $65,000 participating in pitch competitions, she wrote and published her book, So You Want to Pitch, a workbook helping business owners plan, prepare, and pitch for funding. Critical information. It's on my read list in the top five right now. She has been named one of Baltimore's 25 women to watch and one of the DMV's top 100 MBEs. She is a mother, an international speaker, and teacher. Takia, thank you so much for being with me. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been doing a dance. I've been doing a dance with my shoulders. <laughs> and just again, to just kind of highlight the importance. So I've had guests on that I've met through social media, like LinkedIn or Instagram or something. But Takia and I actually met at a business event where we were both coaches for a small business accelerator run by M&T. And that is how we met. And now, you know, we connected on LinkedIn and Instagram. And here she is now. We get to have this talk. And, you know, who knows what the future will bring. But that is the power of developing your network. So yes, we it, just, good it makes me really. Yes, yes. And this is <laughs> this is what we do. You know, we yes. lift up each other. Mm hmm. So before we go into the details of your business, how you got started, I would love to know what moved you to start a business in the makeup industry. And I just have to say, you do a fantastic job of standing out online. Please, what what caused you to go that way? So I always tell people that I am a businesswoman who happens to do makeup. I needed to, I was working. I had a regular nine to five. I was, I thought I was making good money and I just didn't have enough. It, it just couldn't spread out. Like I didn't have enough to pay, you know, your mortgage and your car payment. And, you know, I had a daughter that was going to college and one that was starting high school, you know, like, and then I had a baby. Like, don't, we're not going to say nothing about that. Though. We just going to let, we just going to skip over that part. And I just didn't, I didn't have enough money. It just wasn't spreading out enough. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to find a way, in all honesty, God, please find a way for me to bring in some extra money. And it's so funny because I have been doing makeup, like, you know, for friends and family, you know, just, I'll do, I'll find, I'll do your makeup. But I wasn't like a professional makeup artist. Like I wasn't an artist. I was just putting on some lipsticks and stuff. That's what I thought. 
And so one day, people, somebody called and was like, can I, you know, a good friend of mine gave me your number. Can you do my makeup? And I'm like, y'all, what you talking about? Do, do your makeup. Like, who does that? A lot of times, especially for me, like, I went to college and, you know, I did everything that the world told me I was supposed to do. You know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you get a good government job, you get a full 1K. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. So makeup artistry as a profession was just outside of my scope of understanding. And well, so when sounds I started, too fun, first of all. <laughs> yeah, right. And, people, and, and then listen, people pay you to do it. They pay you their money. To have fun. That's what they do. They pay you that money. And I was like, so people can pay for this? And so that's really how it started. And I, and it's funny, my students, I was teaching at this time and I started like just on the side and my students would see me come to work and I would come to work with like feather lashes and glitter lips because who gonna check us anyway? That's just how I felt. Like who, who gonna say we can't? So, and they would be like, Miss Ross, oh my God, can you do my makeup? And I'm like, no, nah, but you can learn this history. You can learn about this civil war though. I will say it came out of nowhere. It was one of those moments where a hobby truly turned into something that I love doing and that I actually get paid to do. Oh, my goodness. It had to help you really connect with your students. I mean, it does. It really does. But I think that especially being a woman of color, you have to lead by example. Like you have to show your students and, and, and just whoever is watching, you have to show them that, you know, you can be smart and glamorous. You know what I mean? Like you can right, be yeah. a doctor and wear six inch heels. You can be a professor and wear false lashes. You know, it's too many times that we have like these conditions about the roles that we play. I like if yeah. you're a professor that you can't like you have to come with a blue suit and it has you have to wear stockings. And it was like I was yeah. like, no, like that's I am a professor. I can't you know, I can teach this content. I love history, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm still a woman. I still like fancy stuff. You know what I mean? I right, still yeah. I I still like big lashes and and oversized hoop earrings. Like, you know, I like it. So I think when you show people, you give people permission to live in their mess. Like you just give people like, oh my God, like she look like she do that. Well, let me say, I can do it too then. So can you tell me about your business endeavors? Like I said, when I read your intro, you've got definitely more than one thing going on. So can you, and they all come together, like it it comes together very Mm -hmm. holistically, but could you just kind of tell me about them? Okay, so um, we have accessibilized makeup artistry, and so that's my makeup artistry business, and that's where we provide makeup artistry services, and we provide services to our clients, you know, proms, weddings, you know, girls' night out, whatever. We do editorial, we do television, so we do the gamut of, you know, providing services, so that's our actual service street arm. Um, We also launched Pretty Mobile Baltimore, and that's DMV's first mobile makeup studio. And it was a way for us to be able to provide services to our clients when a traditional venue wasn't available. So what we were finding was that a lot of our beauties needed services, and most of the clients that I service, I'm going to be honest, they're over 30 
you know what I mean? They are professional women, you know, speakers, you know, doctors, like they're in corporate America. And so a lot of times they don't have time for themselves. I'll say like, you know, their beautification process. So they need you to kind of fit into their day. And a lot of times they don't have a place. So they're in their office. Like you don't want to go into your office bathroom to put on your gala makeup, you know, for later on that night. And so we launched Pretty Mobile, and it was to be able to provide those services where we could just pull up. You could come out of your office. You could get your makeup done. And then if you needed to go back into your office, you could do that as well. Um, so Pretty could hold up to three artists and nine clients at a time. And it is dressing room, refreshment station, and Wi-Fi. So you could literally come on board Pretty and do everything that you needed to do, still stay connected with your job and walk out and feel like okay now I can go in to this gala <laughs> this reception and 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 be my most um and I say be your most confident self um so those that's how we got started um last year well two years ago I wrote so you want to pitch and that's my workbook and it was because um I had pitched so I had spent two years pitching my business for funding and business plan and business pitch competitions. And what I was finding that in those competitions, women were missing. Like you saw a lot of men in in the competitions, but you rarely saw women. Like we just weren't there. And especially women who provide a service, even though most women-owned businesses are service providers. So most of us who own businesses and you're a woman, you provide some type of service. And we don't think that we there's space for us in that market for some reason. And so when I started pitching a service-based business, like people were like, how are you winning? Like you can stand on stage and win $10,000 in 30 seconds. And when it happened to me, you know, when I got up there and I won, like I was like, oh my God, like just wait a minute. And it was money that I didn't have to pay back. You know, it was money that I could immediately infuse into my business. So I worked, I wrote the workbook to help small business owners like myself who may be in idea phase all the way up to maybe about five or six years in, you know, plan, Mm -hmm. prepare, and pitch their businesses for funding. And then last year we launched my makeup line. So we launched our product line um, last year. It's called Kiki Thunder, and it is named after my alter ego. So um, my alter ego's name is Kiki Thunder Rodriguez. So we have a line of liquid lipstick. We just launched our powder foundations. We have lip glosses that we completely manufacture in Baltimore. So all the way up from idea to packaging to formulation to shipping, it's all done in Baltimore. And all of our products are named after Baltimore things. So we have lip glosses and lipsticks uh, named Steam Crab and Obey. And- right. I have seen that. Yes, yes, yes. So we name everything after Baltimore because I love Baltimore so much. And then I wanted to ask you about your ideal customer. So sure, you know, somebody, if they're interested in buying, you're happy to have them buy, of course. But when you're marketing, who is the ideal customer that you're trying to connect to? So for me, and I think that that's such a a personal, each business, that's a personal task. You know, it's something that you have to go through personally for your business. In regard to makeup artistry, and we were talking about this a little bit before we got on, most of my clients are over 30. So most of my clients are African-American women over the age of 30 
who reside 20 miles within the 21230 zip code. Um, most of my clients are speakers or have a corporate high-ranking position in, in whatever organization that they're in. But again, it's something that becomes completely personal to each brand. And everybody, now that doesn't say that I don't work with, you know, teens going to their prom, you know what I mean? Or, but it just makes it so that you have an opportunity to really speak to that market of people because each group of people have their own language, you know, their own yes. journey. And so what we found and, and it's and it's through research, like, you know, it's through doing it and 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 taking the time to collect that kind of data and looking at it and being really strategic about you know, who is coming to me? Who is contacting me for services? Um, and so that's what we know about our service arm. In regard mm-hmm. to our product line, and, that, and so even if you have 18 different revenue streams in a business, that doesn't mean that you all have the same client base, you know. So what we found, especially for our liquid lipsticks, these women, you know, they have the same age demographic, but most of them do not get their makeup done. They do makeup for themselves. And so most of them, these are women who, and I call them dope women, right? Just dope women. And these are women who are really like bold and really, you know, because our lip colors are very bold. They're very in your face. You know, they're not, Yeah. you know, they're, you're not going to get like a nude you know what I mean? If you wear one of our liquid Like what you're wearing right now, that's a very yes. serious pop. It, yes. And so you have, like, women who tend to lean that way are very bold women. They're very, they're very outspoken. You know, they, these are women who, you know, have something to say and they're not afraid to say it. For, like I said, for each business line that you enter, you're going to have a different market. And you're going to have to speak to them differently, you know, where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I had an idea, just a thought. So I used to do fitness competitions and with the, yeah, the fact that you're so accustomed to, you know, being mobile and serving your clients where they are, uh, every competition I did, I always paid for the makeup and hairstylist, the makeup artist and the hairstylist who were on site to do my makeup and my hair because I was not even dealing with that. And they knew how to do it for the stage. And so I always paid for it. So that mm-hmm. might be once once things kind of rev back up because the competitions have been pretty much canceled for right now. But once things rev yeah. back up, that might be another market for you just because – I think you would just relate really well to the women who, you know, choose to go on that stage. I was actually planning on doing one this year myself before things got canceled, but that I think could be something for you because they typically, you know, like it's not that you can't have a different makeup artist, but most people Mm -hmm. opt for the the convenience and stuff. And so you can get like a really good reputation and people always want uh, those same people. And I'm still friends with the makeup artists who did most of my makeup up for my competition. Yay, that's so good. Thank you so much. I've done I've done one like bodybuilding. It, yes. Listen, it was a whole situation, honey. So I listen, I would be the that, those are women after my own heart, okay? These women after my own heart. So I'm excited. I didn't know you did that. You yeah, see what yeah, you I learn did. about your good good girlfriends when y'all have a conversation. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I, that was me. I, uh, yeah, I was in a emerald green suit by the end of it, had tons of sparkles on it, makeup on hair. Like, oh, I loved it so much. And, um, now that we've like settled and the kids are, you know, my youngest just turned two. And so I was like, you know what? This seems like a great way to be like, okay, almost everybody's potty trained. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. You know? It takes a lot of work though. It, that's yes. a lot of hard work. Yeah, I did all of my shows while I was in the Army. So, yeah, it's a ton of work. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to be interviewing you because I got questions. <laughs> well, you know what? We could do that. Mm-hmm. We could definitely do that. 